Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. This episode is another roundtable on the way, a more in-depth feature to explore things a little further than we can squeeze into the usual 15 minutes. This roundtable is one of a three-part special to mark National Vocations Awareness Week, an effort to increase mindfulness of vocational discernment and encourage people to explore God's ongoing invitations and respond with lives of loving service. In this third and final part of these NVAW roundtables, we explore Viatorian Association. For this topic, we have two guests. Barb Durso is a Viatorian Associate and a retired theology teacher who taught at St. Vitor High School for many years and also served as department chair. Once she was retired and her kids were older, she decided to deepen her long-valued connection to the Viatorians and enter associate formation. Barb became a Viatorian Associate in 2018, and then on St. Vitor Day this year, she recommitted for another five years. Her husband, Larry, is also a pre-associate. Kurt Sandin is a Viatorian associate and the assistant superintendent for business services for a public school district in the suburbs of Chicago. Kurt grew up in a Viatorian parish and married a woman from another Viatorian parish. Together, Kurt and his wife, Kathy, both became associates in 2016. They belong to St. George Parish in Bourbonnet, Illinois. I started by asking them what attracted them to become more active in Viatorian ministry and then to consider Viatorian Association. You'll hear from Barb first, followed by Kurt. I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton, and it was my privilege to host this roundtable. Enjoy the conversation. I met the Viatorians about 25 years ago when I was looking for a job at St. Viator High School. <laughs> and over the years, I have to say, I've just met so many wonderful Viatorians, all with very different perspectives on life and education and their view of the future. And it was always something that I really respected and admired. And when it was getting close to retirement time, I thought, I don't want to leave this community. I want to stay connected. So um, I answered the third invitation to be a Viatorian. <laughs> so <laughs> first two, I just thought my kids were too little. But the third time, it was like, this was the right time to say that I can do this and be more of an active member rather than somebody who says, yeah, 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 I'm one, but doesn't have the time to commit to it. So that's when I decided it was it was time and it was a really good decision. What about you, Kurt? Well, I was uh, born and raised at a, in a Viatorian parish down in Beaverville, Illinois, right. about 30 miles Southeast of Kankakee, mm -hmm. so was baptized by a Viatorian priest, did First Communion, did all that stuff. Um, so they've been around my whole life. And then when I moved up um, to Kankakee right before high school, I ended up going to Bishop McNamara, which at the time was run by the Viatorians as well. So my whole high school career was was uh, around Viatorians. Other than going off to college and working a little bit in the city right after college, I've been a part of a Viatorian parish my, my whole life. A natural thing when I came back here, my wife actually belonged to St. George, which is another of the few Viatorian mm -hmm. parishes <laughs> down here and had been her whole life. So we joined joined there. Uh, it just was a real natural thing for me uh, to kind of get involved in the church, to, to get involved in the activities. And as time went on, um, Father Dan Bellinger started talking to Kathy and I about kind of taking that next step and becoming a little more involved with the Viatorian specifically. And again, we were really active in, in the parish life at St. George. So it wasn't a, mm -hmm. a, a huge step for us to, to make that commitment, but there was a lot 
uh, on our mind, we didn't really necessarily distinguish. I didn't distinguish the Viatorians from from the church, from from St. George, because I'd been around Viatorians my whole life. Mm -hmm. I really, it was it was eye opening for me as I went through the, that process to kind of see and learn about the history of the Viatorians and how interesting it is in, in, in our area down here in Bourbonnais, uh, and then you know all over the place. So it, that's that's kind of how I got involved. And, and our kids were young and going through school, but uh, it was just kind of part of what we did. I wonder if I could ask you a little bit more about how each of you were invited to the community, because I think sometimes when I talk to professed men and our associate members, there's a bit of a trepidation about reaching out and inviting someone who you think might be uh, a logical person to join our community. And I wonder if you could think back to Father Dan or the people at St. Vider High School. Who were they? How did they reach out to you? And how do you how did you kind of receive it and work through it and decide, yeah, I do think this is something, an invitation I want to accept? The third time, it was Father Dan Lydon, who I think recognized that I was at a place where I could do this. Hmm. And the discernment process was pretty easy, just like Kurt's. I've been such a part of the Viatorians for the last 20-some years. And that connection becomes a really strong one. And you want to continue working with that. I loved working with the kids at St. Vider. That was just such an incredible experience going on Kairos with some of the Viatorians, doing listening to homilies, all those kinds of things. I didn't want to lose touch with that. And I think it's a really foundational piece of who I am as a Catholic in the church today. It's the Viatorian mission has just built on the Catholicism that I appreciate, but the Viatorians add something very different to that. And I think that's probably a really hard thing to explain because one of your questions is, what makes a Viatorian associate a Viatorian <laughs> associate? Right. And I think it's really different for everybody who becomes an associate. Unlike some of the other third orders that I've heard about it, you have to do X, Y, and Z or you get kicked out. I think the Viatorians are so much more inviting. Can you do this? Can you make this? What would you like to do instead of, I expect you to do this? I think the Viatorians are always inviting us to do something. And I think they see a lot of potential in people that maybe you don't even see yourself. Well, for those of you who know Father Dan Bellinger, he is not shy, and he is not afraid. <laughs> he is not afraid to ask, which is probably a great quality of a priest, um, whether you're Viatorian or not. You know, you're always on the ask for something, and so mm -hmm. I think he saw that Kathy and I were really involved in in the church. Also, at the time, our kids were going through maternity. Um, St. George's small rural parish doesn't have a, a Catholic school, but maternity does, so their kids were going to maternity, and we were really involved in the school as well. And it didn't take a lot of asking. It, um, the biggest thing for us was making sure we weren't overcommitting ourselves and, and mm -hmm. understanding that there are going to be events with our kids and times when we can't be at everything. Mm -hmm. uh, like with anything, you, you kind of pick and choose and you do as much as you can. Sometimes we split and do double duty and I'll do a Viatorian thing and she'll do some of the kids or vice versa. But like, like Barb said, it's such an in, in, it's such an inviting group. There are also orders where there's a very clear distinction between the the professed and the non-professed, and they don't intermingle. They don't work together. There's not a, a level of respect with the Viatorians. I really feel like there's a level of respect mm -hmm. and appreciation from the professed 
toward the associates and all that we can do and can bring to the table and can help with to enhance not just our parishes and our communities, but also help enhance their life and their ministry. You know, mm -hmm. they've got big jobs. They've got lots of folks <laughs> they have to attend to. And we can help lighten that load sometimes. And I, I, I feel down here, at least a real sense of appreciation from them, which really makes it rewarding, you know, to, to be involved. And I think you two are unique, but also kind of common in that you have spouses who not only support you, but want to do it as well. And that Kurt, your <laughs> wife is an associate and Barb, your husband is in pre-association with me. And mm -hmm. so it becomes an opportunity for you to have another thing that you share in your faith through this avenue with the religious community, which I think is pretty cool. And I think is another example of something neat about church life that maybe not that many people know about or, or have had the chance to explore in the way that we have. So let's go back to that question of like trying to articulate association because sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it seems really obvious to just say like, how would you describe what a Viatorian associate is or does or what would you say to try to present the idea to somebody? I think a Viatorian associate is somebody who walks with the Viatorians, prays with them, sometimes argues with them. <laughs> um, for, for me, definitely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, and I think they just keep calling you into a deeper relationship with God. And I, what I really appreciate is they're always challenging me to really connect with that idea of those who are of little importance. Are we called to really be servants? Where are we doing this? Where are we trusting in God's providence? So there's just so many things that being an associate allows you to do. And one of the things that I'm not sure our church always does really well is enable members to share their stories. And I think the Viatorians do that really well. We get all have a chance to say, this is where we come from. This is where we're going. This is what I believe. And talk about that and share those stories. And that's a really powerful thing. So I don't think being an associate is a list of things you have to accomplish. Yeah. But I think it is a way to become more involved in faith life and in an organization that keeps pushing you forward and a place where you can just be really comfortable. I would say that um, one of the, the neat things about it initially um, that was eye-opening for me was actually the pre-association part where we learned about the history of the Viatorians, how they formed their history here in Illinois, their history, you know, how they've grown, um, Father Curbs and, and, and how he developed, how the, the, you know, the Viatorians and how they grew over time. And for me, that was really interesting. And it helped me feel more connected and more a part of not just the church, or in my kid's case, my kid's school, but also the larger Viatorian order. And that our outreach goes beyond just our parish or just our schools. Mm -hmm. Everybody down here that's that's an associate kind of has, you know, a mission that they do kind through the Viatorians, but in addition to what we might do at work, what we might do at school, what we might do at the church. And to have that support. And to have the you know both both financial and manpower and just you know the, the emotional support of of helping you help tackle those problems that you're that you're trying to deal with in your mm -hmm. community is is really uh, rewarding and comforting. So I mean for me, it's part of what I grew up being, but being able to take on a little bit more of an active 
you know, leadership role in my community, uh, mm -hmm. as well as in my parish. And, and, you know, previously my kids school, they're older now and, and one just graduated and one's going to college. So they're <laughs> out now, but, um, you know, that's all an extension of kind of what our life's about. Yeah. And I, I think you put it really well. It, our viatorian formation, like propels us to take on some kind of mission component of our faith whether it's through like a service project like you do in your community, Kurt, or like I think of the way like Father Richard Pagini would help do some of the fundraising to support the Hearts of Hope ministry and all of the mm -hmm. kind of Viatorian youth ministry that these teenagers have been doing in Pembroke Township in Bourbon A. Kankakee area. And I think that you hit on a nice part of that in that, like Barb said, when you share in the community life and you share in the prayer life, you see these fruits in that you feel kind of inspired to take on that next step and do those extra things, mm -hmm. but you also have spiritual support in that companionship. And you often have material support in terms of people who will partner with you and help you people mm -hmm. who will help connect you to grants or fundraising opportunities so you can underwrite some of these things that cost a few bucks. Mm -hmm. And then you have an opportunity to do things that maybe you, you couldn't or wouldn't have done without that extra oomph behind you from your life of faith. So I, I like the way that you describe that. It's really sharp. In your experience of being a part of this community and interacting and collaborating with professed and associates, what do you think associates bring to the Viatorian community? Because for over 100 years, it was just professed brothers and priests. And over time, the different parts of the Viatorian worldwide community have added lay associates. What do you think is different or added or changed because there's this greater membership over time where lay people have come into the Viatorian community alongside these brothers and priests? I think we offer them a very different perspective of life. There's something very different about being a married person. There is something very different about having to face bills and other obligations and kids and some of those struggles that we face all the time. And it's a reminder of who they serve. Sometimes I think people can, religious can get a little too isolated from other people. And having associates really doesn't allow them to do that. And one of the things I love about the Viatorians is how open they are to that. And as a woman in the church, I feel like the Viatorians listen to us, which sometimes I don't think it does. And it's really wonderful to have them say, yes, go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that and appreciate the women leadership that they have and take advantage of that. And listen to what you just have to say. So I think it's a really wonderful place to be. I'd like to think that we really enhance their life. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that the, the associates out at St. George provide Father Dan with a sounding board, with an honest opinion. You know, he's not to a lot of folks in our parish. He's the parish priest and he holds a certain level of of you know, <laughs> social status or whatever. And yes. for him to go and ask an honest question and, and get a really honest answer might be difficult sometimes for folks. They'd be a little intimidated by that. But I don't think we hesitate to let, because we do feel like regals, we don't hesitate to let them know how we feel or we think they're, yeah. they're doing something right or they're doing something wrong or they're approaching something the right way or the wrong way. And so I would hope that they would feel like we enhance their ability to be effective and their ability to... Yeah to create the kind of environment they want in, in their parish and in the community. I know that we've had some really great examples here in John Ollendorf and Marilyn Mulcahy and some of the mm -hmm. original, original associates, because I don't know that it was always that way. I think in the beginning, 
there were a lot more of the professed that maybe were skeptical about what are these lay people doing here and how, you know, and they kind of had to put up with some stuff, I think, maybe and fight for their for, for, for a bit of equality and a bit of a voice. And they did. And I think they that that's benefited us greatly. And that's allowed us to benefit the professed even more over time. And, and the other part is just simple numbers and manpower and energy. You know, there aren't as many and they don't have as much time. Um, they're, they're being pulled in a million different directions. And we can be an extra set of hands and an extra set of eyes and ears. And I think they appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's it's neat how you can be that extra man and woman power in ministry, in places like parishes and ministries like Vider House, but also in the community life and in the social life of these brothers and priests. Mm -hmm. Like I've had them around my dinner table and served them a meal. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a young man in Bourbonnet who's asked one of the brothers to be the godfather of his child. Father Corey baptized one of my kids. Like you find this intermingling of the the mission and spirituality and faith life and then also the social life and fellowship and community life and i think sometimes i talk to people who like you said kurt maybe have a priest on a pedestal or see them as something other and separate and far away and i think as viatorian associates there isn't that issue because no. you have numerous opportunities to have personal relationships with these men understand how their life works and give them an opportunity to understand how your life as a lay and single or married person is as parent sibling and the things you have in common and the things that you can complement each other in, they kind of all come together in this neat, in this neat way. You know, sometimes they need the opinion or the viewpoint of the lay person. They can't always mm -hmm. go to their brothers, you know, the professed and get that, that opinion. Um, and I think that, that, that that's important as well for us to be a sounding board for them um, as they deal with, their their community you know the, the church community and, and the larger community too and i think there's a fairly healthy tension between inviting lay people to offer that opinion to them and then us having to acknowledge that for some you know fairly limited questions and discussions it does need to be just them and that'll mm -hmm. always be a tension and like you said people over time have kind of pushed and pulled at where those boundary lines are and what the the manner and like scope of our input is or should be. But I think there's kind of a comfort with continuing to feel that out in a way where even if maybe something doesn't turn out the way that a group of associates might have imagined, I don't think that most people would say they felt excluded from the process or unheard. And so it gives you a chance to kind of live there and see what we can do together. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know that it's the same all over the world in different parts of the country True. or different countries. Um, I'm sure there are different cultural things as well, but I've never felt here like they treated us like second-class citizens or thought we were lesser than them. But I do know, and we do know, that there are definitely areas and things where they need to be the ones to have the discussion, to make the decision, to to point the direction, you know, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So as we kind of unpack that, you know, the scope and place of associates among this community, you know, we have the congregation of the clerics of St. Viator, which are these brothers and priests, but, you know, much and most of the time we're thinking of the Viatorian community and that it's priests and brothers and associates working and praying and, and having community life together. So how do you think that this kind of Viatorian image of church life can be like a positive example to the church? Like how can we, 
be a prophetic model of what we hope we to see in the church more broadly? Do you have a sense of like maybe how that can trickle out into other parts of church life or how we can pay witness to something that maybe grows and is more common more widely in the church? I think what I see is the work in the school, which is where I have my relationship is mostly with St. Viator High School. I don't have a parish where I have Viatorian Parish where I have all those connections that you have all the time, Kurt. So you have to look for it in different places. And I see through the work that we do at the school that we change kids' lives so that they have a very different perspective of what is required to be a person of faith. I think that we've turned out some really wonderful people like you <laughs> and people who are doing some really fantastic things. And I look at the work of Viator House and sitting at their fundraiser a couple of weeks ago, how many people said working with these young men has changed my life. I don't think about immigration in the same way. I don't think about asylum in the same way. Um, I think they've even been taught more about people of different cultures, of different races, looking at life very differently. They go, I have gotten more out of working with them than these young men have gotten from me. Hmm. So I think in that way, we're a very prophetic group, working with different kinds of people to achieve something. And I see where Viatorians go and they make a difference and they lead other people to follow them they can't be everywhere but people will take over those jobs and the mission continues having been around the Viatorians my whole life except when I was off at college um I didn't really have much of an experience with other orders or other priests except when I was at Notre Dame and I think at that time I didn't really even understand the difference between <laughs> what orders meant and you know Augustinians mm -hmm. versus Viatorians versus Jesuits but for us around here, there are three, it used to be five, um, Viatorian parishes. So there's a fairly strong presence down in Kankakee, Bourbonnais area of the Viatorians. And I think they are very well thought of. And because the associate, there are a fair number of associates down here that are active in the community, I hope we provide an example for folks that are actively involved in their church and Catholic, that there can be something more than just being a part of your parish and mm -hmm. just, I hate to say it, going to church on Saturday or Sunday, uh, maybe sending your kids to religious ed and, you know, buying raffle tickets at the fundraiser once or twice a year. There's a lot more there can be, if you mm -hmm. want, a lot more to it than that. And it can become a, a major yeah. part of your life um, by serving in a greater way. And I think we're, the Viatorians are a great example of that. And hopefully um, from the yeah. people that are in our parishes, encourage young people, new people, people that are retiring now and have time to be able to become part of that. And I think it's because um, the professor is so inviting and our associates are so proud of who we are and not afraid to say that we're Viatorian and what that means and how that translates into hopefully good things in the community. One of the interesting threads, having some conversations uh, since I've been working for the Viatorians and traveling a little bit, and then talking to some of the men who served in places where we no longer serve, parishes we've given uh, back to the diocese, schools we've given back to their diocese. 
they talk about how after Viatorians leave, you often hear how much we're missed. And you often hear how even if things are still okay, or things are still pretty good, that like kind of the tone or the flavor is a little different, that there's not necessarily the same built in equality and, and dialoguing and listening and invitation. Um, and that that often is missed. Um, and the way that I've heard it described is that even when the Viatorians leave somewhere, the charism is like imprinted on the people and the the community mm -hmm. <laughs> that they ran for so long. I'm, I wonder if, you know, you would you would see it even um, in places that we've been gone for decades, you, you would still find people hanging on to it, I think. And so I, I take that and I bring it into the 2020s and going forward. And I look at people of my generation and the one behind me in Gen Z who are less likely to um, put down roots, stay in a, ho a new hometown after college, yeah. to work in one job and stay in one career for decades at a time, um, who have a different sense of things. Um, and in that package are probably much less likely to register at a parish, show up every week, <laughs> give steadily to the collection and find a way to be socially and and in service and justice involved. So I look at the Viatorian community and how we're fueled by a charism that reaches into a dozen countries and hundreds of different professed men's lives and hundreds of different associates' lives. And I see kind of a different flavor of hope in terms of like a prophetic witness, where I hope that the teens and young adults who come through our parishes and schools and our youth Congress would get imprinted with the charism in a way that their faith will kind of have a different gas tank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even if they don't find a parish that they want to register at and give to and commit to, even if they don't find a career or a new hometown where they want to settle and, and invest deeply in belonging somewhere, that the Viatorian charism and the Viatorian kind of like wavelength can go anywhere and can be a part of mm -hmm. anyone in any kind of different modern packaging of life. And I'm hoping, I, who knows if we can get there, that as our young adults move into college and post-grad life, that that can be a reality for them and that associates and brothers and priests who can do social media and who can take advantage of virtual and hybrid formats and have the gift of kind of keeping up with people and staying in touch and maintaining relationships can help young people who come into adulthood maintain their faith because of their Viatorian foundation. And that mm -hmm. even if parishes are closing and merging, or even if they have trouble finding a place with music ministry they like, or, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, demographics that feel more comfortable to them in terms of like age, that the Viatorian Foundation that comes with them from high school or their parish or the Youth Congress will be what keeps them going in spite of any of those obstacles. So I think one of the challenges, especially for like this kind of like millennial generation of Viatorians that's starting to come into the ranks is how can we do that? Because we might have a different chance to do it well than our parishes and dioceses will. They're going to have their own problems to solve and we need to be a part of that too. But how can the Viatorian community offer kind of a unique solution that keeps this generation engaged in a, a way unique to us and what we have to offer? I do think we have some associates now even that that move away from our areas of concentration up in Arlington Heights and here in Las Vegas, and they're still Viatorians and they're still actively involved. They have mm -hmm. to find other ways to stay connected and, and, you know, to either their friends back home or wherever they show up at, you know, 
at the Congress in the summer and they show up at different things and and they do things virtually, but they're still Viatorians. And yes. I was surprised by that because initially I thought, well, if you know, if you retire and you move to Florida, you're not going to be a Viatorian associate member. Absolutely not. They're able to bring that with them, even if they're not in a Viatorian parish. A great example of that. In, in the vocation office, we've made a point of going to the National Catholic Education Association Conference each year. And last year, it was held in Dallas. They move it around. It's been in New Orleans. It'll be in Pittsburgh next year, Orlando the year after. But it was in Dallas, Texas. And Brother John, our vocation director, wasn't available. So I was going to go on my own, kind of just cover it myself. Well, we have Viatorian Associates who live in the suburbs of Houston who saw in the <laughs> newsletter that we were going to be in Dallas you know, manning a table at a conference and months and months ahead of time were asking for all the details, dates and times, where they could stay, what they could do to help. And <laughs> Tim and Donna Schwarz, God bless them, yeah. drove themselves from Houston to Dallas, put themselves up in a hotel, and they manned the table with me for two and a half days straight and represented our community impeccably well to these teachers and campus ministers and principals and religious who came by. And it, it's it's not something that will happen every month, but the year that it did happen to be in their neck of the woods, they didn't think twice about moving heaven and earth to be there and be a part of it and, you know, wear the Viatorian seal proudly on their chest. And That's it was awesome. amazing. Yeah. And, and not just the, not just the associates, but there are lots of priests and professors that are kind of scattered to the four winds and doing special things here and there. They're not all just in Arlington Heights and Las Vegas and down here. Mm -hmm. um, we run across them all the time. You know, you hear somebody reference me like, oh yeah, where's that guy? Well, yeah, he's in, you know, he's in Chicago or he's in St. Louis or he's, you know, he's at Allman High School or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's that, that charism is out everywhere, um, which is a great thing. And it does become a piece of who you are and you just don't lose that. You just, it's part of, part of your mission. It's part of your identity. And you don't want to let go of it because it's really important. And that's what I think is special is that I think in a different universe, you might have to have these requirements and penalties hanging over people's heads. And I think there's an ideal for a level of engagement and formation that we hope all of our lay associates will engage in. But I don't think that that is the main concern for us because I think we tend to attract and retain people who, for the most part, want something more than that, kind of do it naturally because of of how they fit in this community so what would you say to a young man a young woman a middle-aged man or woman even an older person who sees viatorian association and kind of wonders like huh like what is that all about or is that something that i should consider what would your kind of i don't want to make you elevator pitch <laughs> but <laughs> um you came across someone in your life of faith who you think could be a reasonably good candidate for pre-association and discernment what would you kind of start with? How would you invite them to consider it? I think I would start with, you need to come and see. You need to come and be a part of things for a while, experience prayer with them, experience a couple of meals, get to know some of the associates and, and see what, what happens out of that. How do you share faith? How do you share service? How do you share just stories and all kinds of things? I think it's it's just invitation and come and see. I I don't know if there's any one way for anybody, but I love the Viatorian invitation. Just come and check us out. And it's incumbent on us too to to be active recruiters and examples for others. We we can't just 
count on the priest to recruit folks. Yeah. I mean, we we need to have we need to be a voice as well. And I think it make in some cases it makes it less intimidating for people as well. They they relate to us. They they know us as their next door neighbor. They know us as mm -hmm. you know their uh, their their kids' friends, mom or dad. Yeah. And yeah. so you know it's a little <laughs> less intimidating for them to say, well, because it can be scary. Like, what is this all about? How, what am I what am I committing to here? What am I getting myself into? You know, is this is, is this something I'm, I'm going to be able to do? Is this something I want to? And so for it to be something that we live every day and is part of our life, I hope that makes people feel like this is doable. This is manageable. If this can become part of who I am, it's not like I got to wake up this morning and put on my Viatorian hat. I'm a Viatorian <laughs> every day. You know, it's just part of who I am and part of the commitment that I'm going to make to not just my parish, but my congregation, my greater community. And so I hope that that people would feel comfortable asking questions, wanting to learn more, and really deciding if it's for you or not. As you go through the pre-association process, you know, there mm -hmm. are milestones. And you, even now you could say, hey, you know what? Things have changed. This is just not for me anymore. But I don't think that happens a whole lot because as people get into it, I hope, you know, I feel like they're 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 comfortable with what they learn and they feel like they're getting value out of it and being able to put value back into the association as well. Mm -hmm. um, but there are plenty of opportunities along the way to discern about, is this the right thing for me? Um, you know, and I'm sure occasionally you end up with folks, uh, especially younger folks who feel an even higher calling and end up in professed life as a brother or a priest, you know? So mm -hmm. it has to start somewhere. It has to start with that first step of, of agreeing to become involved and learn more. Yeah, and I like the way you, that you've both captured it is really sharp because I think sometimes people will see something like this as onerous, like, oh, it's another thing I have to do. It's something else I have to put on my calendar. It's another stress <laughs> point. But I think the way that you've both described it is it's something that you realize you're kind of already doing that's already a part of you, that's already in you. And as you experience more of the community life or the prayer life and you get to know more people, it sort of emerges as something that's already there that's just going to grow when it's nourished. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I like like I think that's sort of I don't I don't think we have to be salesmen or recruiters necessarily, but it does kind of sell itself in a way when we model it in this attractive mm -hmm. fashion just by the joy and like enthusiasm that we have when we're together. Yeah. And then you know it's it is a tightrope walk of trying to set a good example, but giving voice to it when there is a moment and there is a person. Um, and that arises. So then the kind of the additional question there is like, what about religious life? There are potentially young men in our parishes, in our schools, in our communities who might have an invitation from God to religious life. So what is the kind of responsibility for us as lay associates as a part of this community in that regard? Like, what would you say you view your role in that as for vocation ministry to profess life? I think, again, it's that invitation to look at yourself. Um, I think it's very hard to invite people into religious life because they get so much negative feedback from so many people. Mm. But I think if you just keep inviting people to be a part of something and then you get hooked on being a part of something and saying this is okay and there's there's pluses and minuses with whatever vocation one chooses. So it's a hard invitation, but I think we need to nurture that in the young men we deal with. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think that 
you know, God has a plan for everybody. And he also mm-hmm. has, he also has a plan for how it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. And I think what we can do is help, help those young people open their hearts and really discern about, is this the right thing for me? And for some folks, it might be at one time in their life and not another. Timing can be everything sometimes. And we just have to help provide a positive example for those young people to see that there are lots of options available to them. And hopefully, if they feel that higher calling, they'll be motivated to um, discern and, and, and consider and take those next steps. And again, it's not going to be for everybody, but you're not going to know unless you, yes. unless you ask those questions <laughs> and, ex- and experience those things. And, you know, there have been, I know folks that have started the process that have, have changed course and that's just part of life. But the biggest thing is that, that I think for people that feel that calling to help them not try to suppress it because of fear about the unknown mm-hmm. or or the social stigma that might go with it or whatever mm-hmm. to just honestly look in their heart and see what's, you know, if that's their calling, they'll know eventually, you know, they will, mm-hmm. but sometimes it takes some time. I know father Dan tells a story about how long it took him to finally, before he got to the place where it was the right time and he felt comfortable doing it and he was doing it for the right reasons. I think brother Rob, who kind of echoes in my head, he talks about, taking it one step at a time, seeing how that step fits. And when it seems right, feels right, and is, you know, doing the right things within you, you consider taking the next step. And I think sometimes there is this pressure culture where we see that there are fewer priests to go around the church, and there's maybe fewer professed men in some religious communities. And that pressure changes our mindset from fidelity to like becoming headhunters or something. And that's dangerous, right? So yes. I always like that mindset of one step at a time. There's no binding commitment really at any of the early steps. And because of how vocation directors, including Brother Peter, are trained, it can be very confidential and very low key and something that's very much just between you and your vocation director and God. <laughs> and you <laughs> kind of build out from there bit yeah. by bit. And so I think taking that pressure off and trying to help people dip their toe in the water and wade in bit by bit, even to get into the point of like regular contact and to consider a pre-novitiate year where you kind of try on religious life in a less formal sense. It's something that probably too few people try who could try it and who could discover something about themselves, whether into, you know, discerning Mm -hmm. further in or realizing that a different path of life may be a better fit. But I always hope that young men especially college-aged and in their 20s, won't see dipping their toe in the water as some kind of like humongous (laughs) attention-grabbing, high-pressure move and rather would see it as, you know, it's like when you try dating a girl that you think you might like or when you apply for and accept a job that you're not sure is going to be a great fit. You have to Mm -hmm. take a step, do it for a period of time, and then have some prayer and reflection to decide the fit and what you're going to do next. And I yep. think that's part of the reason that it it's not something you just go to school for a year and become a priest. It's it's a it's a long process because <laughs> it's more than just a degree. It's more than just a career that you can change if you decide you're not happy. It, it's a calling and it's a lifestyle and that's a big deal. And so it should be a gradual process. There should be 
steps along the way that you can stop and really think, is this, is this right for me? But you got to take that first step, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to get to go down the path to see if it's even the right path or not. And that's that overcoming that is probably way more intimidating now than it was 50 years ago and a hundred years ago. And, whatever. <laughs> and like Absolutely. you've described your experience of parish life, Kurt, I hope that there are young men who came through our schools and parishes who have that same sense, whether they go into marriage and family life or religious life, that they've only known a healthy life-giving sense of faith community. And that somewhere in them, whether as an associate or a brother or priest, there's something in them that wants to live that fully and richly for themselves and for others. And I hope that we can nurture that in more and more people. I do too. I love having these conversations. It, it gives me a chance to really stop and think and appreciate all that the Viatorians have done for me as a kid growing up yeah. and all they're helping bring to my life now as an associate. It's really awesome. Well, and I think the same thing because there's times where I really get a little upset with the um, institutional church. Yeah. And I find my life with the Viatorians. Because there's not such a stress on clergy. There's not a stress on the hierarchy. They don't talk about money all the time. You know, so it's a place really where you can be who you are. And it's really that call to God and that call to become a better person all the time. And I find that so life-giving. That's all for this installment of Roundtables on the Way. We thank Barb and Kurt for their witness, and we pray for the hundreds of lay associates in the worldwide Viatorian community, that our reciprocal ministry, prayer, and community life with Viatorian brothers and priests can be a prophetic example for the life of our church. Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way is a production of Viatorian Vocation Ministry. The Viatorians are professed brothers and priests, together with women and men lay associates, who proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel and raise communities where faith is lived, deepened, and celebrated. In the footsteps of Venerable Louis Kerbs and under the patronage of St. Vider, we strive to do everything well, so that through us, Jesus may be adored and loved. To learn more about our community, visit viatorians.com or follow us on social media at ViatorianUSA. Those seeking support and accompaniment in exploring God's invitation for them are invited to reach out to Vocation Ministry. Send us a DM on social media or email vocations at viatorians.com to start a conversation. Young adults seeking to engage with the Viatorians and other young adults can request to follow our private Instagram at viatorianya on the way to connect in. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm pre-associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Curbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus. Mm-hmm.